Um, yeah, well, welcome this morning. Uh, Nick asked me to speak about us being created to care. Um, and I was thinking about this, and there was once I had a conversation with somebody. Um, we were trying to make a decision about a particular thing. Um, and this person um, said, well, I've got to do what's best for me, haven't I? Um, and there was something about what they said that really grated within me. And I think this whole idea of us being created to care and that sense of generosity that comes with that is probably one of the things which really grated within me about what this person said. So, um, there's going to be five broad points or five broad sections to what we're um, talking about this morning. Um, firstly, what care means then thinking about the fact that we're created in God's image, the fact that care is a theme throughout the Bible, and we're going to spend most time there, and most of it is going to be me reading Bible verses. So it'll be a chance for you just to let the story of the Bible and, and um, the fact that we're created to care throughout the Bible wash over you, uh, thinking about who should do the caring and then what it actually means for you. So that's the plan for the morning. Um, I would like to start with a bit of a discussion, and um, I would like for a couple of minutes, um, for people on this side of the room, could you talk with those people round about you and just have a think about what care means? So what are those actual elements? We use those words, we, I don't care, sort of, we use it quite a lot, um, but what does care actually mean? Get some feedback from you in two minutes or so. Um, and on this side of the room, have a think as to all the different examples of what should we care for. Okay? So there you go. Two minutes and then we'll get some feedback. So let's get some thoughts from this side of the room. Um, what do you think? What, are some of, what does care mean? What are some of the key elements of care? Yes, Chris. Okay, responsible for some things. Yep, that's a really great one. Anything else? Yes. Safety. Safety. Okay. Meeting a, Meeting a need. Practical. Practical. Yep. Okay, going beyond um, doing something extra. Looking out for needs, being aware. Yep. Sorry? Emotional. Emotional, yeah? Yeah? Empathy. Empathy, okay. Feels like you could go on for a bit longer, but I'll stop you there. Um, those are all really great ideas and really great thoughts. Um, so given that those are some of the, some of the sorts of elements of care, um, what should we be caring for? This side of the room. Sick and the elderly. Okay, sick and the elderly. Each other. Creation, things that are important to God, that sort of covers it all. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's a good perspective to have. Anything else? Ourselves. The vulnerable and the least. Okay, so I think that's a really great sort of summary. Um, I was thinking about this and um, came to exactly the same conclusions as you. Um, I was thinking that this idea of care is something about um, compassion, love, 
empathy, feelings, those sorts of things as well. And, and I was thinking, because I was thinking we use the word, oh, I care, I don't care, or I care about this. But actually, it's not care unless it's followed through with action, is it? And, and that action, I think, has to be sacrificial in some sense for it to be that sense of care. It might be quite an easy sacrifice, but, but that's what care seems to be. Compassion or love expressed with sacrificial action. Um, and I didn't put ourselves, but that is an important aspect of care. Um, I'm going to be thinking more about um, caring for things other than ourselves. Um, although, as I said, that is important. So caring for each other. Something about that. Church, friends, people like that. Um, for those in need. And um, so a few people said things like that. And I think that scales from the local those people around us in need, um, the, the outsiders, those sorts of things, um, all the way through to the global scale as well. And I think that's really important. And then for the created world as well. So if we're created to care, then I think this goes back to this idea that we're created in God's image. So let's start reading some bits of the Bible. So I'm going to have all the verses up on the screen um, and as I said, a, a lot of this, in fact, this section and the next section, I'll just be reading bits of the Bible and, and maybe with a brief bit of commentary. So just sit there, stay engaged, but let the words of the Bible wash over you and let God speak to you through this. So we start right back at the very beginning of the Bible, um, the creation story in Genesis 1. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So we were made in God's image. Well, what does God's image mean? Well, there's that classic verse of the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. So actually, at the very heart of God, in this verse, which is so famous because it encompasses the gospel, God loved, had that compassion, that love that he gave. He did something sacrificial. Um, if you look in the Bible, actually, if you do a word study and look in a, a comment, um, um, concordance, it's, the word care doesn't come up many times. So I've had to think about the themes around care. Um, God's image, what is God? God is a father to the fatherless and a defender of the widows. And there are some really great pictures as to God's care. Uh, Jesus expressed something of this when he looked at the city of Jerusalem um, from a hillside nearby. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those who sent to you, how often have I longed, and here's a lovely picture, to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. And Isaiah gives this word about um, what God is, that um, God tends his flock like a shepherd. What does that mean? He gathers the lambs into his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. So there's that, those pictures of God's care for us. But then there are other descriptions as to the way in which God cares. 
Psalm 146. The Lord their God is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. Well, how does he care? He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widow, but he frustrates the way of the wicked. There's that sense of right at the heart of God, there's caring for people um, who are at the margins, caring for those people who are in need. He cares for all different people. And so if that's the image of God, remember we have been created in the image of God and therefore created to care. Um, And as I was thinking about this, I realized that care is this theme throughout the whole scope of the Bible. And so what I wanted to do was to try and pick up some of those um, themes about care, caring for each other, um, caring for those in need, um, and caring for the world, the, the environment that God created as well, and try and pull out those themes as we walk through the Bible. So I've got my little... Um, colour thing there, although the colours on that monitor always come out as very strange. Um, But I thought we'd walk through several sections of the Bible, um, going from Genesis, the law, picking up the prophets, and through to Jesus in the early church, and see the different examples of care. Now clearly I can't be completely comprehensive, but as I say, just let those, let these bits um, just wash over you. Because I thought we don't often do that, do we? To have that massive overview this whole story throughout the Bible. So I thought that would be quite fun to do. Um, I suppose the first thing is that um, in that creation story, uh, it really clearly says over and over again, um, God created and God saw that it was good. And I think that's one of the things, that whether we're looking at each other um, or whether we're looking at creation, God saw that it was good. And actually, our care is therefore an expression of worship because we're caring for the things Um, as Matt said, that are important to God. And the very first, or just about the first instruction um, that God gave people in that story was, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So often we'll think about care as being something about person to person, um, but there feels that there's something very whole about Um, an an environmental care as well, right from the very start of the Bible. Um, If we move through to the law, um, there are several um, books in the Bible from Exodus through to uh, Deuteronomy where uh, God gave his people the law. And there are many, many different uh, verses where um, people are instructed to care in different ways. So care for people in Deuteronomy 15. If anyone is poor among your fellow Israelites in any of the towns of the land that the Lord is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards them. Rather, be open-handed and freely lend them whatever they need. Later on in that book, do not deprive the alien or the fatherless of justice or take the cloak of a widow as a pledge. So there's that sense in which justice is an aspect of caring as well. So caring um, for 
caring for people and um, caring for society and I suppose the structures um, that we have to care or maybe not care and standing against them. And even there's some really practical instructions about what to do about animals and things like this. If you see your fellow Israelites donkey or oxen falling down in the road, do not ignore it. Help the owner get it to its feet. So there's something about caring for people, the owner there, and something really, really practical about helping the donkey get up. And there's another verse um, in Exodus where it talks even more clearly about care for the animal um, as well. And I think some of these bits of the law talk about care as being this really sort of integrated sense, and I love some of this stuff. So uh, the way in which the Israelites should manage the land in Exodus. During the seventh year, let the land lie unplowed and unused. Then the poor among your people may get food from it, and the wild animals may eat what they leave. Do the same with your vineyard and your olive grove. And in Leviticus, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. It's interesting, isn't it, that that instruction comes sort of followed straight after by that, that calling, I am the Lord your God. So there's something, again, very, very practical that the Israelites are called to do. And actually that practical thing, the way in which they manage their land, is about the productivity of the land and the care, environmental care. But it's also about the benefit to the wild animals that they get from it and also the benefit that is given um, to the poor and the foreigner. And I love that sense in which there's something really integrated uh, about the care in which um, God has called us to do. And I was thinking a bit about this in terms of the modern sorts of analogies. Um, And I think one of the things is something like the example of climate change, where we've got this climate change and as Tear Fund have made really, really clear. Issues of climate change, they hit the poor the hardest um, in this country, but especially the global poor as well. And so it then means that some of the decisions which we might choose to make out of our own convenience, which exacerbate the impacts of things like climate change, actually, that's not just an issue about us choosing to do something for our convenience. The issue has a knock-on effect. And just like the Israelites were called to manage the land in a particular way, which benefited the the poor and benefited the environment and benefited the wild animals, so we're called to care in that particular way as well. Let's move on a little bit. Um, And I've got... I made this extra big because I think this is such a wonderful verse. Um, In Psalm 24... Uh, David writes this psalm saying, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. And once again, there's that sense in which, who are we called to care for? Well, we're called to care for what God thinks is important. Well, what God thinks is important is this earth that he gave us and everything in it. It's the people, 
all of the people, not just the people like us, all of the people, and everything in it. Um, uh, I think it's. Uh, I think the word, one of the words in here is actually the cosmos. It's like the the everything. It's the the whole of creation, the environment as well as the people as well. Um, and so that's what we should care for. Um, but then later on in the, in the next book in Proverbs, there are some really really practical verses, uh, which I think is great. So uh, Solomon and the others who were writing the Proverbs say things like, the righteous care for the needs of their animals. Um, Blessed is the person who is kind to the needy. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what he's done. The generous will themselves be blessed, for they share their food with the poor. This constant theme coming up, isn't there? Um, And even really practical bits of advice. Take care of a fig tree and you'll have figs to eat. (laughs) There's a second bit of that verse um, or that proverb which goes on to sort of, that was like a picture which um, the proverb explains, but it's a picture of truth. That's the way it is. Take care of the fig tree and you will have figs to eat. And so this care, I think, is, I, I keep coming back to it, it's a very holistic sense of care. Um, there's a whole section of books of the Bible with prophets, and many of those prophets gave a call and a warning to the Israelites about that, um, in particular, that lack of care that they had shown to many people. I'm going to read out several verses from here. So as I say, just let these verses wash over you and let God speak to you through them. So in Isaiah, Isaiah's got quite a lot to say um, in this regard. Um, as he speaks, as he speaks on God's behalf to the Israelites, learn to do right, seek justice, defend the oppressed, take up the cause of the fatherless, plead the case of the widow. So that's going beyond just the practical caring for people, but it's going something about stand up for them. Uh, in Isaiah five, he says, "You're doomed." You buy more houses and fields to add to those you already have. It's like he's seen South Oxfordshire. Um, Soon there will be no place for anyone else to live and you alone will live in the land. And I heard the Lord Almighty say, all these big fine houses will be empty ruins. The grapevines growing on five acres of land will yield, uh, yield only five gallons of wine. Ten bushels of seed will produce only one bushel of grain, which seems to describe to me something about an environmental degradation which has been going on, which Isaiah is warning the people against. Care for what God has given you in that land, that productive land. Um, But he also talks about people as well. In Isaiah 10, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry, sacrificial action, um, and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. So there's something which feeds us, something of goodness to us that comes when we obey that, that imperative that we were created to care. 
And Isaiah carries on, 58. Is this not the kind of fasting I've chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. And it's not just Isaiah. Zechariah picks up themes like this as well. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. Go and say it again, Debbie. Uh, the Lord woke me at six this morning and said, Come, my child, walk with me in full darkness. Spend time with me. So, do you want to say, Debbie, do you want to say a, a word more in, in explanation? just struck and I didn't know what you were talking about Michael um, that actually we need to be taking that time to withdraw with Jesus that he wants to talk with us and walk with us and restore us and that actually walking in his creation and spiritually walking with him in our prayer time is that place of cool refreshment and stillness where he speaks to us and restores us and that restoration is what I see here and even as we talk about that calling to care for each other um, that also that can lead people to that desperate need to work, to do, to work and work and work and actually I think what you've expressed there Debbie is something about the source of that um, ability to be able to care. So yes, thank you. It's great to have an inter in interruption. Let's move on. Um, still a few more sections, or a couple more sections to go. Jesus. Um, there are so many things that we could talk about in terms of Jesus and the way that he acted and that he cared for those at the margins. He gave practical care. He gave healing. He gave emotional care and inclusion, like Naomi talked about this morning, that sense in which that woman was affirmed and included. Um, it wasn't just uh, practical care. Um, he wept over Jerusalem. Even, I was thinking this morning, Jesus fed the 5,000. So he cared for them practically. And what happened at the end? They didn't leave the hillside like Glastonbury. Um, they picked up all the bits of bread and put them in baskets, which I thought was, that was a wonderful little picture. When you, uh, Clearly, there's so much more to it than that. But there's something about that environmental care as well, which I thought was great. 
Um, but I wanted to pick up a couple of verses where Jesus was, um, gave teaching about this. Jesus really cl- clearly said, A new command I give to you, love each other as I've loved you. Sorry, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know you are my disciples if you love one another. And here's the story Jesus said. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And the early church took this really seriously because it's recorded in Acts that God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there was no needy person among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed to everyone who had need. Practical care, sacrificial care. Um, and uh, Paul reports about something that the early church did. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given to the Macedonian churches in the midst of a very severe trial. Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. We're going to come on to that in a moment. In their extreme poverty... Despite that, it welled up, welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability. Wow. Um, and let's go on to some of the finally, final section, um, some of the teaching within the New Testament. Ephesians 4, I'm just going to read these out. These are just um, encouraging, challenging, they're great. Ephesians 4, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Colossians 3, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with one another and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Philippians 2, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Galatians 6, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ. It's not just Paul. 1 John 3, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? 1 Peter 4, offer hospitality to each other without grumbling. Hebrews 13, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. James 1, religion that our God the Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Whew, wow. I was thinking a bit about this, and probably some of you are going, actually, you know what, I need some of that. I would love some of that. And I think this is, 
So something about the church. But I think the question is, is who should do the caring, therefore? And I suppose before I directly answer that question, I just wanted to say that um, so much of what we've talked about there, um, I think, can be expressed at the very local level in the very practical sense, in which we care for and we help and we practically do things for each other within this church, within friendship circles and things like this. But also I've put up there um, the symbols from the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which I think all but two countries in the world have signed up to, commitments um, to care, ultimately, and, and these sorts of things are really powerful in the way that they are driving governments, they're driving international agreements, all sorts of things like this. You're struggling to read it, Paul? Yeah. Um, okay. So it, they, are, they are a whole load... Yeah, okay, sorry. Um, there are a whole load of things like um, ambitions that there will be no poverty, zero hunger, good health and well-being, quality education, gender equality clean water and sanitation, affordable and clean energy, decent work and economic growth, um, industry, innovation and infrastructure, reduced inequalities, sustainable cities and communities, responsible consumption and production, climate action, um, and then care for life below water, life on the land, peace and justice with strong institutions and partnerships to achieve those goals. So these are massive things, um, but I'm struggling to find anything in there which we haven't just um, sort of read about in those bits of the Bible. So um, this is an expression of care, and it, it was just to have this reminder that we can read all those verses, particularly as we finish up, uh, finished up with a lot of those each others, care for each other, carry one another's burdens. But actually, just remember there's that global perspective as well. Um, so who should do the caring? Well, I wanted to read uh, a bit of this story, um, the story of the Good Samaritan. So I'm sure many of you will know it. Um, I will read a few verses. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What's written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? And he answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus said. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, um, and who's my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus said, a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. I'm sure you know the story. A couple of people then passed by and did nothing. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came to where the man was. When he saw him, he took pity on him. Compassion. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. Sacrificial action. And the next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think is a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? 
And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Two really important things to remember from that story. Um, I'm sure many of you will know, Samaritans were treated, well, according to some of the bits that I read, um, treated as half-breeds. They were treated Displicably. There was such terrible, to be honest, racial discrimination by the sounds of it um, that the Samaritans were completely despised. Um, the second thing to note about this story, and this is, I've read that story so many times, and this is the first time I've realized it. Jesus answered the wrong question. Have you noticed that? The, the man said, um, Who is my neighbor? So what Jesus should have said was, imagine there was a, someone like yourself um, going on the road from Jerusalem to Jericho and you came across a Samaritan lying in the side of the road and they needed help. Would you have helped them? And then, then that's the answer to Jesus' question. Um, and I think this, I, I, haven't, I haven't quite figured out all of what this means, but... Um, uh, I think it repays a bit of careful thought. Because what then, that would be the answer to that man's question. Ah, yes, my neighbor is everyone because I should care for this poor, awful man who I've been discriminating against for ages, but actually I'm called to care for him. And Jesus turns the whole thing around. And I don't think the man knows who he was in Jesus' story, in a sense. Jesus, Jesus completely turns the story around. It's really strange. But... What happens is that there's the good man, the good expert in the law, the one who had it all sorted, in a sense in Jesus' story, becomes the person who actually needs the care. So maybe there are some of us who sort of are looking to who we need to, who we should be caring for, and actually maybe we need to be open to receive some of the care. And the man who had been hurt and rejected and um, sort of, had been shown institutional racism against, and all sorts of things like this. I might be putting it too strongly, but um, it seems to be the case. That hurt person who had, no, who had every right not to care was the one who showed the sacrificial care. And so I think the challenge is, um, maybe sometimes, as being a scientist, I like my little graphs, um, if you imagine that there's like, I don't know, happiness or money, or time, or whatever there is up on that axis, and, and things go up and down in life, don't they? Um, it often feels like, if only once I get just enough time, or once I get a bit of spare money, or once I get, once I'm happy, once I'm secure enough, once I'm cared for enough myself, then, then I will have that extra capacity to care for others. Um, I think, if we are created to care, then it feels to me that actually, oh, you can't really see the colours, can you? But that it feels to me that we have that capacity. We are created to care, no matter what we have, in terms of happiness, things like this. Um, so, just as we're coming in, um, what does it mean for you? Well, um, I've got a couple of things to say on that. So one is, I would encourage you to have a think, um, if there's anything that we've talked about, to think about 
is there something where you can expand your understanding of needs um, and concerns beyond just the local? So there are great organisations. I mean, there are loads and loads of organisations out there, but I've picked a few. Um, Tier Fund do a huge amount of work. And actually, if you want to become a bit informed in some of the things, some of the issues, these global issues, they've got great, great resources. I came across these Footsteps articles, which are absolutely superb for getting informed about loads and loads of stuff. Um, open Doors about looking to support persecuted Christians. Um, well, there's an organisation... Uh, which I do quite a bit with, called Arosha, which is thinking about caring for God's creation um, and the different aspects to that. It probably also impacts on things like the way that we spend our money, fair trade, the way we recycle, the way we travel. Lots of decisions that we do um, have a think about how that can inform you about compassion and action. But as we think about this, as we come back together um, with compassion and love, and how we can express that with sacrificial action in these different areas for each other, for those in need from the local through to the global, and for the created world. Um, what I will do, I think, is I will pray for us at this point, and then for those of you who need to go and get children from Rainbows and Kids Club, you can, and for those of you who haven't, um, I've got four questions for you to think about as you then slowly disperse to coffee. So I'm going to pray, then I will introduce those questions, and then those of you who need to go and get children can get children when you need to. So let's pray, and then, yeah, as I say, I'll, I'll introduce those questions. Thank you, Father, that we are created in your image. And thank you that we can see in you a wonderful, caring God. God who loved and gave. We get these beautiful expressions of or pictures of chickens and shepherds and things like this. And I thank you, Father, that you have called us to care. It seems like... Um, seems like so much to take in, so much to do, so much to be challenged by. Um, but if that is the way that you have created us, then I thank you that that can become so natural, such an ingrained part of who we are, just like our bodies do all sorts of things in terms of digestion and thinking and growing and all sorts of stuff, which it just does naturally. Um, so if we have been created to care, so we too can care and that can bubble out of who we are in you. So I pray, Lord, that you will help us to think practically about what we can do over the coming um, weeks to be informed um, and to care and to think about those different ways in which we um, can be sacrificially acting in caring for each other, for those in need, all the way through to the global needs and for our environment as well, which you created for us. So thank you, Lord. Amen. Right, I'll just introduce those questions. Um, so something for you to discuss as you're beginning to drift off to coffee. Uh, there were lots of instructions about caring for each other, which I read. Can you care more for others? Are there specific things where you've thought, actually, I can see needs where I should be caring? Um, thinking about the Good Samaritan, 
Do you care for others even when you need care yourself? Thinking about the biblical call to care for foreigners and aliens and those outsiders, how do I care for people who are different to me? Maybe those who are remote from me globally. And thinking of the links between caring for people and animals and the environments, how do I make decisions day to day when my actions affect many others? So have a think and have a think of some practical action that you might want to do.